just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your week is going well. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of things happened today. Interesting things. But first, I wanted to talk about something that's uh, quasi-personal. You know, when I do what I do on TikTok or on the podcast or on Instagram to a certain extent, I think everybody that listens knows what they can expect to hear the type of conversation that I'm going to be exploring. And in my life, I have some relatives, distant relatives, former colleagues, friends, that all tend to lean to the dark side, if you know what I mean. (laughs) They look to Donald Trump or the far-right Republicans. But when we ever see each other, we still talk because we really don't talk about politics. But I can tell who they are by the things they say, and uh, I'm pretty upfront with what I think, so they're very clear as to what I think. Now, of course, me and them are polar opposites, but like in the old days when politics really didn't come into play, that's how we still are. But what's interesting, these people that think exactly the opposite as I do, somehow feel compelled to listen to my TikToks, the podcast, Instagram. And I find that strange. Why would these people that don't agree with me on any level want to listen to what I have to say? I mean, I don't listen to Fox News, OAN, Newsmax, none of that shit. I don't watch any of the people on TikTok that are Trump humpers. I don't care. I have no interest in it. And you would presume they don't have any interest in me, but that's not true. These people know who I am. They have contact with me. They think opposite of me, but somehow they want to listen. (laughs) And, And I have to wonder, do they do that because they want to find some reason to hate me? Do they want to confront me with something I might say by shaming me into changing my mind or stopping doing what I'm doing. And sometimes I think that. I've had that in the past. People have come to me and tried to shame me or tell me different things and try to tell me to stop doing what I'm doing, that it's not a good idea, that it won't work. Well, if you knew me personally, like my wife, my kids, (laughs) my family, You'd know that if you ever come to me and say, don't do that, you can't do that, you shouldn't do that, well, you can be almost guaranteed that I'm now definitely doing it and raising it a bar or two because I don't take well to people telling me what I can and can't do. Now, I worked in radio. I did a little bit of TV stuff and other businesses. And, of course, when you do that, there's always somebody telling you that, oh, you can't do this or you shouldn't do this. And since they own the company and they're paying your salary, you got to kind of comply if you want to keep your job. And, and I did. So I put my time in, 35 years in radio amongst some other businesses. And uh, when I got done with that, I said, you know, no more. No more. I'm not going to have people dumber than me tell me what I should do or not do or what I should think. I'm not doing it anymore. There has to be some point in life where you can actually exercise your First Amendment right without any restraints. And I'm at that point. I started the TikToks. I started the podcast. Do some things on Instagram. And the point of it is I'm going to say what I say talk about the things I talk about, and just let it hang out there. Now, people could either listen or not listen. Maybe you do something like I'm doing and nobody listens. Well, I'm fortunate. I did get a number of people on TikTok and on the podcast on an Instagram to listen. So why would I change that? But still, these people will kind of approach me gingerly, and make suggestions that uh, 
Well, you really need facts on that. I have facts. You want the facts? I'll give you the facts. And then they get nervous because they really don't want to start an argument because we aren't on a political level in whatever relationship we have. But they can't help themselves. They got to come at me about what I think. For whatever reason, it really bugs them that I don't think like they do. Well, if that were the case, there'd be a lot of people coming at me every goddamn day because I don't think like a lot of people. I'm not saying I think better or I'm smarter than anybody. I don't believe that's true. But what I do believe, it's what's in my head, and it's true in my mind, and it's what I believe. And I'm finally getting the opportunity to use it and not have any restrictions, and I'm going to do it. I just don't understand why these people have to listen and then come back to me and comment about it. They don't agree with anything I say. I think they think they can get me to stop it. And honestly, I'm so arrogant when I look at that. When somebody comes at me and says, oh, you got to stop doing that. I look at it as almost, dude, you're not talking from a higher position or a better or holier than thou position. You just don't like what I'm doing because it's working, it's effective, and people are listening to me, and that bothers you because the more people that listen to me, the less people do the things that you think are right. (laughs) I told you it was a little arrogant, but maybe that's true. And to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think most people who are listening to me are necessarily learning that much, but they're finding that they found a place and other people that think like them. These people may not be more apt to speak out or don't feel comfortable doing it. So when they find some idiot like me that will say anything that comes on the top of his head in any situation, everybody else be damned, maybe there's some comfort there. Maybe they feel like somebody's talking for them, or at least they're part of a group that agrees with their point of view. So, so anyway... You know, that's one of the pitfalls in the business of being in radio, television, podcasting, TikTok, whatever. There's always somebody that's going to come at you and say, you shouldn't do it that way. Well, you're not the expert. You don't know how I think. You don't know why I'm doing this. And you don't know how I do this. So don't tell me how I should do it. I mean, I've got a lady, perfectly nice lady on TikTok, says, you know, I really love your stuff and I'd like to share it. But frequently, you swear in your TikToks. You should just stop swearing. (laughs) Easier said than done. I've swore all my life. Now, I was able to control myself while I I was on the radio. I never got caught swearing on the radio. I don't know. It was like a filter I could turn on. But in this case, again, it's just me. I choose what I do, what I say, and how I say it. And swearing is a part of who I am. So if I'm going to be authentic, i got to give you exactly who I am. I don't want to come out here and try to be fancier or more proper because that's not me. You never know how that's going to turn out. Are you going to get people that like you and that want to listen to you or they just blow you off and nobody listens to you? It really didn't matter when I started this. It was a plan to just do what I do and see what happens. And that's what I've done. And since it's working pretty well, I'm not going to fucking change it no matter who tells me to change it. That's just the way it is. I'm just very curious as to why people who don't believe what I believe still feel compelled to listen. I don't need you to listen. I don't need another follower or a listener um, that bad. So if you disagree with me and you just want to hear what the other side's about, cool. But if you're going to try to tell me how to do this or how I should not do some things or I should do some things. Now, now don't get me wrong. The, the listeners I have on this podcast, if you email me or or voicemail me and say, Mike, maybe you should try this. I'm all for that. I don't mind taking suggestions in that regard. If the listeners want to hear something specific and I can do it, I will absolutely do it in a minute. But if you tell me don't do it, yeah, you're not going to get very far with me. It's just not in my nature to do that. All right, let's start talking about some of the things that are going on in the news. 
Well, of course, you probably know by now that the full House of Representatives voted to hold Steve Bannon in criminal contempt. The uh, vote was 29-4, or 229-4, and 202 against. The interesting thing is that uh, nine Republicans voted for sending Steve Bannon to the DOJ for criminal contempt. That's interesting. I didn't expect that many. I thought it'd be more down party lines. Now, two of those people you would have expected, Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney. They, of course, are on the House Select Committee, and they're the only two Republicans in the world, apparently, that are concerned about what's right and what's true, as opposed to kissing Donald Trump's ass. But there were seven others, and uh, it's interesting why they would do that. I have one theory about that. And I've had this theory with Donald Trump all along. This whole idea that they can do whatever they want. Uh, And in this case, uh, people being subpoenaed, not having to show up, and there's no accountability for it. It has some intelligent Republicans troubled with that. And here's why. If they can do it to the Democrats, well, then, conversely, the Democrats can do it to the Republicans. Say the Republicans get back in power. They got a problem. They want to subpoena people. If there is no accountability, then those Democrats say, fuck yourself, I'm not coming, and nothing happens. So they want to see the accountability. They're looking ahead a bit. They're looking with foresight which apparently is a problem with Republicans because of all the norms and laws they broke and kind of laughed while doing it. They have to understand when the shoe is on the other foot, the Democrats could do the same thing. And if you think the Democrats are better than that, (laughs) no, they aren't. They aren't better than that, and it will happen. See, that's the whole point of why these people have to be accountable. It's not so much that it could happen to the Republicans again. It's more that it could happen over and over again. And this would diminish our democracy, our form of government, and harm this country, not to mention the people in this country. So those nine Republicans were thinking with some common sense and, as they say, foresight. They see what this could end up being if they allow it this time. Sure, maybe they want their guy or people to get away with stuff because they're going for a greater good. But you have to understand, there will come a time when the shoe is on the other foot. And if the Democrats decide to do exactly what the Republicans are doing, and there's no accountability for it, well, then they're just going to get away with it. And then the Republicans are going to be crying and whining about it. They're not going to like it. And since they're not going to like it, they're going to go through the same shit the Democrats are going through now. So it's very interesting. It's it's very interesting, to say the least. Now, for a long time, we've been talking about Matt Gates. Now, Matt Gates has a lot of problems. He's being investigated for child sex trafficking, for money laundering, campaign finance, and a lot of other things. Now, back in the summer around July, his uh, buddy, his compatriot, Joel Greenberg, was going to be uh, sentenced. He's found guilty, and he's worse off than Matt Gates was. But uh, then they delayed his sentencing because he said, hey, I got some more info for you. So they said, I'll give you another 90 days, which I wasn't too happy about. If you've got enough to nail them, nail them. Anyway, they took the 90 days, and now all of a sudden they're saying they're giving him more time because he has more information. Now, it seems like a delay tactic. And I don't know why there would be this delay. We know that Matt Gates is involved. We know that Joel Greenberg is involved. We know that Matt Gates is ultimately going to be indicted. I know there's a lot of people out there that said, oh, nothing's ever going to happen with him. I'll bet anybody 500 bucks that Matt Gates gets an indictment. 
It may not come as quickly as you hope, but it's coming. They don't go this deep and this long without coming up with something out of the investigation. The other thing is that uh, they just brought in two heavy hitter lawyers. One specializes in child sex trafficking and the other in uh, finance and that kind of stuff. And that'll tell you if they're bringing people in and paying people, they've got some things that they want to prosecute. So I don't know how long this delay is and how much shit Joel Greenberg's got. To me, it seems like he's just delaying the uh, inevitable and being uh, sentenced to whatever he's going to get. It can be substantial. But you have to understand, Joel Greenberg is trying to get as much taken off his sentencing as possible. The more information he gives out, the more will be taken off uh, for his his uh, testimony about other bad actors in this thing. Now, with the Matt Gates thing, we've heard a lot about Matt Gates, but one of the things they keep saying is that there are other people in Florida politics that might uh, might be involved. And that's kind of interesting. There's a lot of bad people in Florida. Ron DeSantis, some of the people in the Senate, like Marco Rubio. There are local politicians. It's impossible to know what they're going to come out of this with. And trust me, I'm as anxious as you. I think this needs to get done and we need this to get popping right now. Whether that will be, I don't know, but it seems like they got their ducks in a row. They're getting a lot of information from Joel Greenberg. They've got more lawyers coming in, and they wouldn't do that unless some big shit is happening. It's just a matter of when. Now, you can see Matt Gates is getting a little nervous out there. <laughs> you saw him testify in front of the House Select Committee just the other day trying to speak out against sending Steve Bannon over to the DOJ for criminal contempt. He was talking all kinds of shit. He looked confused and scared. But at one point during the time he was talking, he said, look, somebody out there is trying to kill me. Apparently he got some notification through email, voicemail, whatever, but some guy was going to kill him. Well, the Capitol Police caught up with this guy and it went to the DOJ to see what they're going to do with it. Now, what Matt Gates is saying is that the DOJ has decided to do nothing with him and just let him go. Not unlike the DOJ did under Donald Trump to a lot of people. But Matt Gates doesn't like this one because he believes this guy is trying to kill him. And the DOJ isn't doing anything because they're working against the Republicans. Now, with Merrick Garland in there and the way the DOJ is now, I doubt that's the case. I have to wonder if this guy was a serious threat or just a crank, and Matt Gates is using it to make it look more important than it is. But it's very telling that he is getting calls threatening his life, and he's whining like a little baby. Because, you see, there are people in Georgia. There are people in Texas that were part of the election in 2020. Secretaries of State, election workers, school board members, all of these people are getting death threats on a daily basis. They're being intimidated every day. It's a horrible situation. These people are just trying to do their simple jobs. They don't make a lot of money. Sometimes they're volunteers, and they have to deal with day-to-day life-threatening situations. It's fucking ridiculous. And now Matt Gates gets some crank caller on voicemail or an email, and now he's crying, crying like a little bitch. Well, Matt, maybe you can see how it's going. You're one of the biggest promo- proponents of the big lie. All these innocent people getting death threats is horrible. The fact that people are noticing that you're a piece of shit, I don't give a damn. I don't care. I doubt anybody's going to kill you. But if you're scared, good for you. 
and you should be scared about your future with what's coming down, legally speaking, with your child sex trafficking, money laundering, campaign finance, and who knows what else. If you're scared and nervous, that's good. It's about time. Maybe you'd take that arrogant mouth and shut it for a while because all you do is get yourself in trouble. I saw him talking to Jamie Raskin of the House Select Committee, Representative Jamie Haskin, and going head-to-head regarding legal aspects of what is going on with trying to get Steve Bannon to testify. And I thought it very funny, because here's Matt Gates, a young guy, clearly not much of a lawyer, otherwise he would have done it. He got into politics because dad had a lot of money. His dad was in politics, and he thought he'd ride the government uh, gravy train instead of going out and working and plying his trade as a lawyer. <laughs> but he's going head-to-head with Jamie Raskin, who is a lawyer himself. But even more importantly, he is a uh, law professor, I think, at Harvard or one of the Ivy League schools. So Matt Gates is trying to debate with Jamie Raskin. Well, that didn't go very well. Matt Gates looked dumber than he ever looked, and Jamie Raskin made some good points. I always saw Jamie Raskin as kind of a uh, mellow, non-aggressive guy. But when I saw him talking to Jim Jordan, who was a fool, and Matt Gates, it showed just how tough he is and how good a lawyer he is because he had these people upset, spinning, sputtering, and doing whatever they can to make themselves look good. But Jamie Raskin was kicking their ass up and down the streets. You can imagine what will happen if these two get indicted and have to sit in front of the House Select Committee and uh, testify. I hope we get to see that because it's going to be a problem for them. They like to be in control, control the conversation. That's their strategy. But when you're giving testimony in front of the House Select Committee, you answer the questions you're asked, then you shut the fuck up. Not only because of uh, the, the House Select Committee, but any lawyer would tell you, don't say any more than you have to. You can't try to dominate the conversation because it won't work in that setting. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with Steve Bannon. But I don't honestly believe that's really the important issue here. They're trying to make him an example. Now, Bannon's an important guy to talk to, mainly because we know he had some ties prior to the insurrection. We know on his podcast he said, tomorrow it's going to be crazy, it's going to be wild. You have no idea. So clearly he had some insights and some connections. He was part of a war room meeting on uh, the 30th of December about going after Joe Biden and, and putting him in a position where he can't govern. They were going to sabotage the government on December 30th. And when they got to January 5th, prior to the insurrection, they were finalizing those plans. Steve Bannon needs to be talked to about that. But all the other people in Congress that may have been involved need to testify as well. Not just to shut down the Republicans, but we need to figure out a way to make sure nothing like this happens again. This is appalling, and this is embarrassing for the United States to have that insurrection happen. It made the country look weak, and frankly, at that moment in time, the way everything played out We were fucking weak. It's funny, they always try to talk about, why didn't Nancy Pelosi have the police, and why didn't she do this? Well, answer me this. Why did Donald Trump try to limit what the National Guard could do, and Donald Trump's people in the Pentagon slow everything down? Didn't allow the National Guard to show up until an hour and a half after the fact. You can blame Nancy Pelosi for the police, but you got to look at what Donald Trump did, said, and tried to pull off during the insurrection. All this stuff needs to be exposed. People need to be held accountable so we don't have it happen again, whether they be Republican, 
Democrat or whoever the fuck. We cannot afford to have it happen again because next time it could work and then the government that we're so proud of and protected by allegedly would no longer exist. And that's a pretty serious thing, if I say so myself. All right, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, with Joe Biden and the Democrats trying to pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill and the reconciliation build back better bill, They're running into a couple of stumbling blocks. We've talked about this before. We know the Republicans aren't going to vote for it, but they can pass it through reconciliation. And the stumbling blocks happen to be Joe Manchin and, of course, um, Christian Sinema. Now, at least Manchin has some ability to negotiate. He understands better what's going on. He kind of knows the game. And while he's really obstructing things, they can probably work with him. Now, Christian Cinema is a different kind of deal. She's totally different. She's a wild card because nobody knows what she's thinking or doing. And that part of it is getting her in trouble. Now, you have to understand that Christian Cinema, when she first started out, she was a progressive in the Democratic Party. She was progressive. She was all about green energy and all that kind of stuff. But somehow now she's just the opposite. And we can only believe that she's been tainted or had her head turned by big money, the PACs, and how much money they can put in her pocket because she's going the opposite way. Now, this is pissing people off in Arizona in a big way in the Democratic Party. People who are voters in the Democratic Party in Arizona are up in arms. They're upset. They're frustrated. They're mad. They want to get rid of Christian cinema. There are people in the Democratic Party in Arizona that are already trying to work out a way uh, for her to be primaried in the next election, have another Democratic candidate, hopefully to beat her and get her out the door before she even gets to the election, the main election. And then today, actually yesterday, um, five military veterans on Senator Christian Cinema's military advisory board resigned from their roles this week. They were slamming the Arizona Democrat as one of the principal obstacles to progress in our country. Can you imagine that? These Republicans and these quasi-Democrat Republicans like Christian Cinema that always point toward the military and how proud they are and how you got to stand by them. Well, five of those veterans said, fuck it, we're tired of your bullshit, you're not doing anything, and you're causing to be a problem for getting good things done. That's not a good look on Christian cinema. It's not. <laughs> it's not good for her. She's got that going. She's got her own uh, Democratic Party looking to primary her. We've got people in the Democratic Party, voters that are up in arms. Now, these five veterans, they were uh, mad at her because she refused to change the filibuster to protect voting rights. That is going nowhere unless the filibuster is changed. She failed to support prescription drug negotiations. They wanted Medicare to negotiate prices on prescription drugs because it would bring prices down. She doesn't want to do that. Uh, She has opposition to the reconciliation package, and when it came to voting for the January 6th commission, 
she was a no-show. She not only didn't vote, she didn't even show up. So now they're angry about this. I mean, she made promises, and they had expectations of her when she became senator. And now she's falling way short. She's not doing the things that she was supposed to do. She's doing just the opposite. Um, They said uh, that she's answering to big donors and not her own people. And these five military folks said, we shouldn't have to buy representation from you meaning Christian cinema. And they're right. And uh, unfortunately, it's not just Christian cinema that's working for the money instead of for the people. But in this instance, it's particularly egregious because of all the things she's trying to stop that are good for the people. Not just the people in the country, the people in Arizona, the people in West Virginia, people in Wisconsin, Minnesota, Texas, Florida, wherever. For whatever reason, she's deciding to step in front of it and try to stop it. And one of her big complaints is raising taxes on the rich. Now, who would say that out loud, for Christ's sake? Especially since we know the rich and big corporations aren't paying much, if any, taxes at all. They gain a lot of benefits, but they don't pay any taxes. And not only that... You've got Republicans trying to give them more money, more tax breaks, so they pay even less taxes. But that's what she's doing. And if that isn't evidence of her getting money from big money or PACs or whatever, I don't know what is. What could possibly sway her from doing what she's supposed to do for her people, unless it was... Uh, to enrich herself, and that's clearly what's going on. Same with Joe Manchin. He wants to cut out the climate uh, change parts of the bill, and why not? He works for big oil in the coal industry. He gets more money from those two than almost anybody else in all of the Senate. Might explain why he's got a $700,000 yacht while making $175,000 a year. It makes no sense. So Christian cinema's got a lot of problems. That's putting a lot of pressure on her, and whether that will do any good in loosening her up to bend on some of the things with these uh, infrastructure bills, I don't know. But at this point in time, she looks very unlikely to get a second term, a second six-year term. Now, she is uh, she is not up for election for four years, so she's probably not going to get thrown out until such time that the election comes up, assuming she gets primaried. Maybe she gets kicked out then. Maybe she loses in the election. I hope that's not the case, because if she gets to the main election and she loses, that means a Republican won. And that's exactly what we don't need in this country at this point. We need the Senate majority to be the Democrats to get anything done. The Senate Republicans have proven that they're just obstructionists and they don't want to do anything. And to be perfectly honest with you, after going through COVID and some of the other problems in this world, this is the time when this country needs some help. They need some money to be spread around amongst the folks that pay the most taxes, the middle class. And so we can get this country to heal and get it back on track. For whatever reason, I can't imagine anything less than enriching herself. Christian cinema doesn't want to do that. And of course, Christian cinema is dead set against changing the filibuster. See, that's the big problem for the Democrats. If they had all 50, think, 50 Democrats thinking together, it wouldn't be a problem. But we got the two, Manchin, and we've got Cinema Kicking back about everything, including the filibuster. We cannot change the filibuster without them, and the president, for that matter. Now, the president had spent a lot of time talking about the filibuster, and for whatever reason, he was against getting rid of or changing the filibuster which didn't give us much hope to ever get rid of the filibuster. And let's be perfectly honest with you. The filibuster is not a good thing at all. 
I can't imagine what good it does but save the asses of the minority in the Senate. And that does us no good because, as I've said many times, nothing gets done. But here's something interesting. We got a voter rights bill that needs to be passed. And there is no way we are going to pass that unless we get those two Democratic senators agreeing to do it and somehow changing, carving out, or getting rid of the filibuster. Now, one of the biggest problems has always been that Joe Biden was against it. But Joe Biden's changing his tune. He knows how important that voters' rights bill is to counteract all these voter suppression laws and crazy fucking laws in Texas and Florida and other parts of the country. If that federal law isn't passed, that's going to diminish everything in our entire election process. So that voter rights bill needs to pass. And now Joe Biden says, yeah, well, maybe we should do something with the filibuster bill, carve it out, change it, get rid of it. He is uh, talking now like he'd be willing to change it in order to get that voter rights bill passed. And somebody said, would you take it even farther and get rid of it? He said, I may be open to that too. That's interesting because he was fervently against getting rid of the filibuster. But he's seeing some frustration here. Here's the big problem for Joe Biden. He's got two infrastructure bills, one reconciliation bill, one bipartisan. He's got the voters' rights bill. He's got police reform. He's got a lot of stuff going on. It's all up and ready to go. But if he can't pass them, any of them, Then come 2022, he's going to get his ass kicked. The Republicans will probably win in 2022. Now, there is some negotiation and compromising with the infrastructure bills. And that's not a good thing because when the Democrats started, they wanted $6 trillion in that reconciliation bill. They negotiated it down to three and a half. And now all of a sudden, they want it down to $2 trillion. That's not optimal for what they're trying to accomplish. However, it is crucial that they negotiate and cut that deal. They need to get the bipartisan bill and the reconciliation bill passed. They need to get the voters' rights bill passed. Because when that happens, that's going to be a dramatic change in this country. People are going to benefit quite a lot. And that's going to change the perception of the Democratic Party. And then come 2022, it'll be a whole different story. The Republicans will have done nothing. The Democrats will have done a lot. And that can't help but allow them to win more seats in the House and the Senate in 2022. So at the moment, they have to negotiate because they don't have the power. What they need to do is negotiate, get it done in order to get the power to ultimately shove it down the Republicans' throats. So we get deals done so the Democrats look like they're doing something and that the president looks like they're doing something, get some goodwill, get some more votes, and then when you've got the power, you can go after those things that had to be cut out, like climate change and all those sorts of things. You've got to play the long game here because there's too many people sticking their nose in and it's tough enough as it is. Get the deals done. Get your elections done get the power, and then start doing what you really need to do. All right, let's talk about some other things. Of course, the big news. This is news I don't normally talk about because everybody in the world talks about it. But apparently Brian Laundrie, Brian Laundrie in Florida, he'd been on the run for a month, two months, something like that, after finding Gabby Petito dead. They presumed that he was the murderer. There was no proof of that. They wanted to catch up with him because he'd been using Gabby Petito's credit card, and that is a legal violation. They could take him to court over that. But they also wanted to talk to him about the death of Gabby Petito. Well, they couldn't find this guy. They're going in this reserve, Carlton Reserve, over and over again for over a month. There's some question about what... uh, what uh, Brian Laundrie's 
parents were doing to help him. And if they were, and he's a criminal, which it sounds like he is, then they can suffer some consequences in terms of indictments and prosecution. But here's the deal, and this seems very strange to me. They've been looking in the Carlton Reserve for over a month, have found nothing. But then yesterday, they find some property that looks like it was owned by Brian Laundrie. All right, finally, some some idea that he might have been in that reserve at some time. And then just shortly after that, they find human remains. They've now verified that that is, in fact, Brian Laundrie. So Gabby Petito's dead. Brian Laundrie's dead. We don't know if he killed Gabby Petito. But at this point, there's not a lot farther you can go other than kind of shake out what happened. But obviously, he's gone. So there is no prosecution or anything like that. The funny thing about this to me is that after a month looking in this same reserve, yesterday, Brian Laundrie's parents said, we want to go out and help you look. And they do that. And after a month searching this entire area, in 15 minutes, with the help of the laundries, they find this shit. Well, how is that possible? You've got trained police officers out there looking for a body or a person. Can't find a, a shred of evidence. The petitos, or I'm sorry, the laundries, go out there for 15 minutes and they find not only property of Brian Laundries, but his body. I don't know about you. That seems very fishy to me. And I'm sure there's going to be an investigation into all this stuff. And again, I didn't do this story very much because so many people were doing it. And I really got tired of hearing Dog the Bounty Hunter or other people saying, I know where he is. He was seen here. He was seen there. We're very close to catching him. These people were just doing this for clout and didn't really have any sense of what they're talking about. And the proof is in the pudding, because Brian Laundrie's dead in the very areas that they were looking. They never had a line on Brian Laundrie, otherwise they would have caught him alive. So, Dog the Bounty Hunter and all these other people that are making these ridiculous claims and conspiracy theories and things, all they did is muddy the situation, made the whole process more difficult. And people like that disgust me. They're trying to capitalize on something that's popular for their own fame and not really adding to the process of the search or anything like that. So fuck Dog the Body Hunter and all these other conspiracy theorists and all these people on TikTok that have a great insight or an idea of what might actually have happened. None of you knew jack shit, and you should have stayed out of it. Let the police do what they're supposed to do and let them get it done. So anyway, there's that. (laughs) Uh, The CDC has okayed booster shots for Moderna and Johnson & Johnson. So Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson all have approval for booster shots. And I'll be honest with you, I'm going to get the booster shot as quickly as I can. I had the two vaccinations from Moderna, and in spite of what the Republicans say and all these idiots suggest their conspiracy theories, I'm fine. I've had both in March or April. Not a problem. I didn't even have anything wrong after I got the shots, right after I got the shots. It was fine. I feel protected. And if that booster shot gives me even an inch more protection, bet your ass I'm going to take it. I mean, in my life, I've taken all kinds of vaccinations. Probably about three years ago, four years ago, I got the vaccination for... um, What is it? Well, I've gotten vaccinations for all kinds of things. Mumps, rubella, all that when I was younger. But there are vaccinations for things that old people get that you want to avoid. And I take them. The flu shot, I'll take that too. Because see, when you get older, getting sick is a lot tougher deal. I found that out the hard way. I used to tell my kids, when they got older and they were adults, I said, you know, back when I was young, I could go out drinking all night long, carouse, get crazy, 
run full blast into a brick wall, go home, wake up in the morning, and do it all over again. But now at my age, if I get a stubbed toe, I'm out for two weeks. I can't walk. I can't move. I'm in pain. When you get older, it's a lot harder. And life is hard enough. So if I can get some protection with a vaccine of any type, I'm going to take that shit. Because it's logical. It makes sense. The proof, as I said, is in the pudding. How many people have taken the vaccination? And people who have taken the vaccination, even though there are some breakthroughs, people aren't dying from COVID anymore if they've had the vaccination, only the people that haven't. Now, it's good to see that uh, COVID and Delta cases are coming down. That's not that surprising. We've got a lot of people dead, a lot of people who've gotten COVID, and it's going down. But we've got the winter coming up. And it can spike again this winter. In fact, they're even talking about a second variant in England and maybe in parts of the United States where it's Delta Plus. Sounds like a dental plan, doesn't it? But anyway, Delta Plus is supposed to be out there. It sounds like the vaccination still works on it. But uh, who knows how this shit can change? We've got to eradicate it from this country. And the only way we can do it is get everybody vaccinated. But if everybody isn't going to get vaccinated, it'll stick around to a certain extent for a long time, if not forever. So be prepared for that. Make sure you get your vaccinations, if not for you, but for your family, if not for your family, for your country to try to limit or even eradicate this fucking ridiculous disease from this country. That's what we got to do. We got to do it. And the last thing I wanted to talk about, well, Donald Trump kept talking about a social media platform, a huge social media platform that he would have and spite uh, Twitter and Facebook and fuck those people. I'll just do it myself. Now, up to now, he's tried a few things that have worked horribly And they're almost laughable, like his little press release that he sends out now and again, and nobody reads unless it's absolutely ridiculous, like the one recently where he insulted and put down Governor, uh, not Governor, (laughs) General Colin Powell, who died of COVID. And instead of respecting the man for his service, because he's a big supporter of the military, right? Well, instead of doing that, he basically suggested how bad he was in Iraq and WMDs and all those sorts of things. Let's be honest. Governor Powell, governor, I keep saying governor. He could have been governor. General Powell was secretary of state. He made some egregious mistakes. But you know what he did? He stood up and he said, yep, I fucked up. I fucked up. I own it and I'll do what I can to fix it. That's something Donald Trump would never do. So you got to give him credit for that. Was uh, Colin Paul uh, faultless? No. No, he had his problems. But that didn't mean that Donald Trump had to tear him apart after he died. Anyway, I kind of got off subject there. Uh, Donald Trump does now have a new social platform, and he's calling it (laughs) Truth Social. Now, just, just think about that. Kind of ironic, isn't it? Donald Trump is tied to something that in its name says truth. This some bitch hasn't told the truth in 30 years. He does everything he can to not tell the truth. But his new social media thing is called Truth Social. Now, basically how this all worked out, this app or this program has already been created. They don't have to develop it. It's already been created. They don't have a lot of money. So Donald Trump and some other company that kind of merges with um, these um, starter businesses, startup businesses, I should say, I should say correctly. (laughs) I'm an old man. I'm not a techie guy. But anyway, they merge with these startup plans, infuse some money, and then they take it public, put it on the stock market. 
and there's a lot of money to be made there. In spite of the fact that it's Donald Trump and it's a new startup for an app that's done several times over, and it's going to basically work with the far right, and there's plenty of those out there already like Parler and such, Telegram. Um, So it's hard to say whether it would do very well, but my guess is that it won't. But initially, when it goes up for its first offer, it's probably going to explode. There are probably going to be a lot of people investing in it because Trump's name's on it. Certainly, all the people that are part of uh, the base, they'll be all over it. But even the people that don't believe in Trump will see the possibility of some money to be gained, and they'll invest in it, try to get a short-term win out of that situation. Now, Donald Trump, is never, only he's only been involved with a publicly traded company in all of his career. And that was the casino in Atlantic City. Now, we know what happened with that. That took a huge shit. And he's one of the few people in this country that have failed with a goddamn casino. A license to steal, and you can't keep that damn thing running because you're incompetent. So that's the only time he's dealt with a publicly traded company. But now with this new app, this will be a publicly traded company. Which poses some problems with Donald Trump because generally he's used to being in total control. Most of his companies are mom and pop family owned companies where they control everything. But in this case, it'll be the, uh, the board and the chairman of the board that will have the power to make decisions. That's not going to work well for Donald Trump. And if he's going to try to grift money off the company, that's going to be hard. He could end up in jail for that because, like I said, he may be running the company, but he's not running the company as the board and the chairman of the board would be. So this spells some problems for Donald Trump when it all happens. (laughs) But the first day it's up and up, operating we hear it got hacked and it took a shit already (laughs) that's not going to help the public offering if you put it up one day and things get fucked up well that's typical of what you would expect out of donald trump but it's not going to be good for the future of this app people are going to want to invest in things that are actually working and apparently that's not the case yet with this new app truth social (laughs) It's one thing you can always count on. If Donald Trump is doing it, he'll fuck it up. All right, we're going to wrap things up for yet another show. We will be back uh, within a day or two talking more stuff about what's happening around the country and around the world. I want to thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.